Well, good day, church. This is Pastor Scott here coming to you from Pastor Kevin's office. I'm actually joined by Pastor Kevin right now, and we thought it would be a great idea today to do a little bit of a recap from this past Sunday's sermon. If you recall this past Sunday, we were in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verses 1 through 4, and we were really talking about um, financial stewardship and really the gift of money that, that God provides for us and how we use that for His glory. Um, I'm joined here with Ke Pastor Kevin, and uh, really we just want to be able to kind of go back to this and maybe answer some of the questions that there are for uh, our congregation that you might be having right now. Uh, before we jump into some of those, I think it would be helpful for Pastor Kevin if you'd be willing to just remind our church when we talk about um, biblical stewardship, it's kind of a loaded term and we all might have an idea of what we mean by stewardship, but what is biblical stewardship as we see it in God's Word? Yeah, that's great, Scott, and uh, it's so good to talk about these things. I love this. Uh, you know, the Scripture says it is required of stewards that one be found faithful. And so a steward is a manager. A steward is somebody who takes uh, the resources or receives resources that are not their own and manages them on behalf of another. Mm -hmm. So in order to do that, that means you have to fulfill the goal of your owner's intentions for those resources. So to be a steward then is not actually just to preserve and protect assets. In fact, if you remember, Jesus told a parable about a man who buried his talent in the ground. He preserved what God gave him, but he was not commended for his stewardship, was he? Mm -hmm. <laughs> he said, you wicked and slothful servant, right? So, so to be a good steward is to take God's resources and continue to use them how God would want them to be used for his glory according to his purposes. That is why a, the best definition for biblical stewardship, financial stewardship that I can think of is not the preservation of assets, but rather sacrificial generosity. Uh, stewardship is defined by sacrificially giving away what God has entrusted to me for his purposes, for the advancement of his kingdom and the advancement of his glory. Mm -hmm. That's really helpful, especially when we think about you know, it's so easy to live in an American culture where the ideologies of our nation kind of overflow into how we think about these things. Preservation and protection is huge. And so yeah. it really kind of flies in the face of what uh, so many of us kind of just grow up thinking about. So it's really helpful to think about that uh, well, together. And, and I love First Timothy 6, you know, it really talks about um, why God gave us riches and those type of things. But we have to remember our standard of living is a choice. Mm -hmm. And um, and so God prospers us, not just so we can raise our standard of living, but he prospers us, I believe, so that we can raise our standard of giving. And in process, mm -hmm. we increase our joy and satisfaction mm -hmm. in the sufficiency of Christ. So there's such a joyful, cheerful, you know, aspect to generosity uh, certainly, I don't want anybody to miss out on this. I, my life has been transformed by this myself, and, and I desire for us as a church family to continue to grow mm -hmm. in this area. It, it's, it's a source of joy. It's so true. Now, you uh, did a really good job on Sunday really connecting the act of giving to our expression of worship to God. And so yes. uh, naturally, that just kind of raises some questions about how we think about 
giving um, and how it relates to our worship because those two, those two things are really tied together. I think as we think about frequency, that's a really important question here. So um, we know we have people who give on a weekly basis, maybe a monthly basis, maybe a quarterly basis. What are maybe the, the strengths and weaknesses of somebody who gives weekly versus maybe somebody who uh, gives on a, let's say, a, a monthly basis? What's, what, what, what encouragements maybe would you give to somebody who has maybe some differences in how they think about when and how often? Yeah, maybe just to start at the heart level and then get into those pr- practical things. Um, from a heart level, th- there's going to be some who have kind of a, a negative reaction to this, to w- what I taught on Sunday, because they're going to say, well, in order for my worship to be sincere, it, can't, it has to be spontaneous. Mm. There, there, is a, there is a thinking, there's a prevalent teaching in the world that is wrong. It's a false teaching, but it's a, it's a teaching that anything that's planned or intentional or careful is not from the heart. Mm-hmm. But let's just remember that to worship God, according to John chapter 4, is to worship him in spirit, with emotion, with affections, mm-hmm. with desires, yes, and in truth. So intentionality and rhythms and habits and planning is not contrary necessarily to true worship. Mm. And I think that's the first place you have to start to say it's not necessary legalistic to plan. Now, of course, we can we can push all the right buttons, we can do all the right externals. We can plan to give money in the way 1 Corinthians 13 <laughs> verse 3 mm-hmm. talks about it and not gain any worship. Not mm-hmm. not so so what we're after is the heart. We're not mm-hmm. after any external practice. Mm-hmm. But what I would say is a heart that desires to worship God is a heart that works hard at worship. If you're never working hard at your worship, I'm going to I'm going to say you're not worshiping. Mm-hmm. Because worship requires self-denial. <laughs> worship requires sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Worship always requires praise and thanksgiving and those things don't just come naturally those are disciplines Mm -hmm. of a heart that's responding to christ so if you start there at the heart level of intentionality and say no this is actually an expression of worship then you go and you say all right so then what is legalism in Mm -hmm. in worship and i would say legalism is any type of dependence upon an external form or practice that is disconnected from the true reality of the heart. Mm. And so if, you, if you're if you going to say, well, um, I have to give a certain percentage of my money or I have to give at a certain consistency or regularity or I have to give in a certain way, mm-hmm. and the whole reason of that is so that you're trying to earn God's favor or you're trying to earn people's approval or you're trying to somehow merit you know, your standing before God, that's not true worship. Yeah. But it is true worship to sacrificially, intentionally plan. So when you think about frequency of giving, I would say your worship and giving needs to be frequent and continuous or regular and continuous. I'd say regular and continuous. And I get that from the passage that we read in verse 2 of chapter 16 of First Corinthians. It says, On the first day of every week, each of you is to put something aside. And again, we talked about how this wasn't just for the Corinthian church. This is for the same thing that he had told the churches in Galatia. 
This is a this is a matter of practice for all of Christ's church that has come down from the early church all the way to today, uh, where there's tithes and offerings or giving in the corporate gathering of the believers in our worship as an expression of our love for God in worship. So just like it's not legalistic to go to church once a week, it's not necessarily legalistic to give financially once a week. Mm-hmm. So I would say we need to give as an expression of worship in a regular way, however we see that fitting with our regular expression of worship. Mm-hmm. If somebody asked me what they, I'd recommend, and this is a preference, not a law, I would say give weekly. Mm-hmm. You know, you might not get paid weekly. For example, I get paid twice a month. But I, I can do the math and figure out what that percentage mm-hmm. works out to on a weekly speak. basis. Yeah. And for me, that weekly reminder that I get in my email every Sunday morning that tells me how much I'm giving that Sunday is a tremendous, regular, continuous reminder of my sacrifice financially as an expression of my love for Jesus and my mm-hmm. worship of him. That's really good. Does that answer your question? Yeah, I think it does. And I think you even maybe hinted a little bit there at kind of that question for that was on my heart of like, how do we think about it for, you know, it's the weekly giver, right? So um, my wife and I have been very good at uh, setting aside for doing the online giving that's routine and regular. So every week it just comes out automatically, but recognize that we don't in service, we don't pass plates anymore. There's not a time of the service necessarily where we say prepare the offerings. And so if we're not careful, that could become disconnected from our worship. Uh, but I think you maybe even hinted at there for maybe those who are online givers, why there is still an element of remembrance and uh, reminder to them of that expression of worship in that email that they get each week, how it kind of redirects yeah. their heart back to their sacrifice that they're offering to the Lord. And that's a great benefit. Yeah, I love it. I get that email every Sunday morning before I leave for church, and uh, it's a reminder. But but even without that email, that email is a great reminder. And mm-hmm. I, I don't. I'm just very careful and intentional myself that when I see that email, I don't just immediately hit delete. And it's like, oh, I know what that is. I reflect on that because here's here's the reality. <laughs> that email is telling me that my bank account is being debited for a certain amount. Mm-hmm. Okay. If my giving's not sacrificial, then it's not worship. Mm. And if, if, if people are saying, well, you know, to have it taken out every week, I would just forget about it. I'd never think about it. Then I'd say, then you're not giving enough. Mm. I mean, seriously, because you're not sacrificing. If, 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 if that amount going out, if I feel that, mm-hmm. now I'm worshiping. Yeah. If I don't feel it, you know, I don't want to... I don't, want to, I don't want to offer the Lord my leftovers. I don't want to give him something that's cheap. And my, my worship shouldn't be cheap. So when we give, and again, we're not giving because the church needs money, right? We talked about right. that. That We don't give to needs. Mm-hmm. We give for love. So so, so love requires sacrifice. So, so this is not some manipulation of the pastors to try to increase our budget. This mm-hmm. is, if anything a passionate pastor saying, I desire for the people of Newcastle Bible Church to be full of joy Mm -hmm. and full of worship and to delight in worshiping Jesus. Mm -hmm. And if what they're giving isn't actually sacrificial to them, then I'm assuming they could give online and never miss it. But if they are giving sacrificially and you're trusting God as an expression of faith for worship, 
the email is a helpful reminder but when you see that money come out of your account it's like oh yeah lord you're worth it you're worth it and i want you <laughs> yeah. to know i'm trusting you with all this that's really good that's really helpful um as we, our time's kind of winding down here so maybe it would be helpful as we just wrap up this conversation if you could just speak to our congregation uh those who were able to listen to sunday sermon or maybe those who are going to go back and still listen to it um, what are just some real practical takeaways for our congregation who is just wondering, what does it look like for me to start better, better stewarding my finances? Where can I begin and what are some practical steps I can take? Yeah. Well, I'm going to say the bad word. The bad word is budgeting, right? So, so <laughs> nobody wants to talk about having a budget, but here's, here's, I believe this with all my heart. A budget is an authorized, it's, it's an authorization to spend. It is not a constraint. A budget, especially for a married couple. Okay, I'm going to talk to those of you who are married. A budget is a means of communication between you as a couple so that you both have an understanding of how you want to steward what God has given to you. Mm -hmm. And so just to set up a budget that balances, forces communication between a married couple so that they say, yeah, we're going to prioritize certain expenses. And, and then if there's $400 in the clothing budget, all right. Well, then we have four hundred dollars to spend on clothing, and we're not gonna we're not gonna get fearful or anxious or <laughs> sinful in our speech every time we buy clothes. You know, mm -hmm. because hey, is it in the budget? Then it's been authorized. Mm -hmm. So a budget is actually a way to get on board with multiple people, a spouse or a family, where you can say this is our planned priorities for mm -hmm. our for our spending. But beyond that, I would say. Uh, a budget is just a way to be intentional about how you are spending your money. So if, if you're not keeping track, let's say God has really blessed you, you're, you're a person that has adequate means and resources, you don't really have to keep a budget because uh, there's always enough money at the end of the month, mm -hmm. I would say then you probably are spending some spending in ways that you're not even conscious of that may not be how you would intend to spend if you could be strategic. Mm -hmm. And so just take the time and, and think through and say, you know, it's kind of like what I said that happens on, on giving. If you don't plan to give, you will always give less than you intend. Yeah. And, and if you don't budget, you'll probably spend more on eating out and recreation and fun, you know, uh, not, not bad things, but just things that are unnecessary you'll probably spend more there than you would have intended yeah. to spend. And so just, it's good to be careful and every once in a while come back and budget. Another very practical idea I just want to share is uh, something that Howard Hendricks shared with Jody and I in a, in a conference when we first were engaged and we went and heard Howard Hendricks. And so I give him the credit for this, but he, he really cast a vision for saying, okay, when you give, when you think about giving in your life, you need to set a percentage. Mm -hmm. Now, some people are going to say 10%. Frankly, I don't, you, you and the Lord pray about that and you set whatever percentage you think is sacrificial and an expression of worship and an expression of your love and faith in God. So you set that percentage for yourself mm -hmm. and say this percentage of whatever God gives me, I'm going to return back to him. And that's going to be my regular tithe and offering for a Sunday morning. Then in addition to that, I might have uh, other opportunities to give, maybe a special exit offering or something that comes up or mm -hmm. a missionary that I really want to support or something special. In addition to that, you can give beyond that 
for those needs, but regular giving, systematic giving, like we see in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, needs to be planned as he prospers, meaning as a percentage. Mm -hmm. So just pick a percentage. So some of you might say, well, I want to do better than the national average, so I'm going to do 3%. Okay, do 3%. Mm -hmm. Some of you are going to say, I can do 20%. Whatever. Pick a percentage. Mm -hmm. But then here's what Howard Hendrick, uh, Hendricks really encouraged us with, and it's so blessed our lives. He said, and then pray that God would help you to increase that percentage, one percentage every year. Again, not mm -hmm. as a law, not as a legalistic works righteousness. Yeah. But as, as a desire and mm -hmm. as a dream to say, Lord, could you? Yeah. And, and to see, to start at whatever percentage, but then mm -hmm. say, I want to intentionally grow in my sacrifice of generosity, my sacrificial generosity towards others over time. And as God blesses, I just want to continue to give it back. And so, you know, you hear about L.G. Letourneau, who was a businessman in Peoria, started what is now Komatsu. And, you know, it, by the end of his life, he was living, on, he was giving 90% of mm -hmm. his income away mm -hmm. and living on 10%. Yeah. To me, that's inspiring. Yeah. I'm like, Lord, could you do that for us? Mm -hmm. Like, could you do that for us? That would be so special. And is that sacrificial? Of course. Is that full of joy? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Because it is more blessed to give than to receive, the scripture says. And, and God loves a cheerful giver. And he provides the grace that we need. Um, to to be able to abound in this grace of giving. So those would be two practical things. Budget, in other words, be intentional. Look and see where your money is mm -hmm. actually going. And then pick a percentage and then pray that God would help you to grow that percentage over time. And let's see what God does among us for his glory as we worship him together. I love it. Thank you so much. I really appreciate today that just you continue to draw that connection between our giving and uh God's glory and our personal joy. Those things always go hand in hand. God is not uh, some dictator that's trying to rule our lives in a way that uh, depletes us, but rather fills us up. Yes. And so Amen. thank you for continuing to draw our hearts uh, back to that reminder. And uh, thank you, church, for, again, your teachability and listening in here. We trust that it's been a blessing for you today. And uh, hopefully we'll be able to do more of these in the weeks to come as we continue to study God's word together. So God bless you, and we'll see you again soon.